This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Ollie Tikkanen. Welcome, everyone. In this episode, we are talking about sedentary behavior and physical activity research, and specifically using software R in the analysis of the data. And we have a great guest uh, for this episode. Our guest has received his PhD from University of Mohagek Ardabili in Iran. After that, he has compiled research work and working as a physical education teacher. Currently, our guest is working as a researcher in Southeastern Finland University of Applied Sciences in Mikkeli, Finland. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our guest, Dr. Samad Esmail Chade. Welcome, Samad. Thank you very much, Oli. It's exciting to be here. Yeah, great to great to have you. Could you could you tell a little bit about your your background? Yes, as you told, I am Samad Ismailzadeh, and I have finished my PhD almost six years ago. My PhD was about uh, measuring and uh, prescribing physical activity uh, according to individuals actually individualized individualized physical activity prescriptions uh, for uh, endurance increasing and it is quite complex method but very very effective methods and we can prescribe uh, physical activity to increase endurance uh, using optimal intensity and it's only it only the method only needs your heart rate and uh, we have validated it uh, against uh, maximum lactate state state and it's great tool but uh, after that i uh, used to do other uh, studies and other projects Uh, about physical activity, sedentary behavior, depression, and cognitive function, and also physical fitness. Those are my interest uh, uh, fields, and also at the moment I'm working in a project about how to actually using accelerometry in measuring physical activity and sedentary behavior and also activity types and how can we validate it uh, for other actually validate other methods such as ppgis or for example other methods against accelerometry accelerometers are quite interesting instruments and um, when we want especially we want to use them in our free livings I think we cannot find better than accelerometers to measure free living physical activity and especially activity types uh, than accelerometers. You can may read the literature and the literature may confuse you about because there are various types of instruments and 
uh, various types of things to measure physical activity, sedentary behavior, and energy expenditure. But after reading a lot of literature and papers, I found though that I think accelerometers are the best when we want to measure physical activity and sedentary behavior for several days, especially if you want to say several days. And, and uh, they are quite valid and reliable, reliable instruments, but there are a lot of things to be considered. A lot of things to be considered, for example, uh, every time we knew, we know uh, quite well that every time, every day, every month, science is progressing and you should know about the recent literature, not past literature. When you want to choose something for measuring, you, you need to read the most recent papers and be get knowledge about the recent studies. Why do you want to use accelerometers? Maybe there is another method better than accelerometers. So we shouldn't be get pre prejudiced about using one instrument or another instrument. We should read the most recent literature and choose our methods, not only for choosing the instruments, even for choosing statistical methods for all studies. Mm. Yeah, so, sounds interesting. So you said that you are doing accelerometer validation study. And could you tell more about the research setting? How is the, what do you compare to what? Is it in free living? Is it in lab? So that could be interesting. Yes. Uh, as you know, most of the uh, validation studies about accelerometers are performed in lab. And there are quite very... Uh, recent algorithms, machine learnings, and package for validation. But unfortunately, most of them, almost most of them, are performed in laboratory. And uh, when for for myself, when I measure physical activity using, uh, for example, accelerometer in the lab, it's quite very good. It's quite very good. But when we come to uh, outside and measure our activities in outside, especially in free living, is getting difficult. It's getting really difficult. Because for measuring physical activity outside and free living for several days, we need, uh, if you want to use uh, from, uh, get uh, start from the uh, beginning uh, for measuring physical activity, some people may say that why don't you some criteria such as, uh, for example, direct measuring using camera. But we know that using camera we cannot measure intensities. We cannot measure intensities. And in contrast, accelerometers do this. Or maybe some people say that why don't you, uh, don't you use heart rate? But heart rate, for example, don't uh, uh, some sometimes uh, makes us confused whether we are doing activity or we are excited or we are uh, there are some other uh, what types of activities we perform it for example did we walk did we run did we excited did we what we did actually for this reason even some people came to use uh, to say that 
it maybe it is better to use accelerometers and at the same time heart rate. But again, we may uh, need several instruments at the same time. And if we consider the budget, maybe uh, it's not a good way. And uh, some people say that maybe we need two, uh, two accelerometers or three accelerometers for measuring physical activity and sedentary behavior or different activities at the same time. But again, if you consider, and there are also several papers, a lot of papers that show the show that validation of accelerometers in measuring different activities, such as biking, such as uh, swimming, such as the different uh, sitting, standing, and walking, running, using different uh, several accelerometers in several places of the body. But again, uh, this may bother the participant. This may need a lot of budget, a lot of money to get several accelerometers. Again, some other studies came and used uh, laboratory studies and suggested that we can use only one instrument, but they, quite, they were quite uh, successful in measuring physical activity and various activity types and energy expenditure in laboratory settings. This podcast is sponsored by Fibian, a research device that has been shown to be valid in tracking sitting, standing, physical activity and energy expenditure. Furthermore, Fibian has been shown to be valid categorizing physical activity into light, moderate and vigorous intensity. In addition to scientific accuracy, Fibian provides automatically produced and easy-to-understand reports for research participants. Get scientific validation and learn more about Fibian at fibian.com research. Fibian, from researchers to researchers. Yeah, if, if, I, if I say a little bit about the, the lab, I think you make a good point between the lab and, and free living. Like if we, for example, think walking on a treadmill, that the validation usually put a certain speed and you just keep walking the same rhythm. But if we think walking in a normal situation, we are standing, maybe we take two steps, we are moving our legs, we might be tapping our legs, we are doing turns, we are doing, we walk, we open the door, we stop, we go. And, and there's so many tran transition and it's, it's much more messy than in the lab and and also for the cycling that if you do it in a cycle ergometer that you keep keep cycling it's quite easy but if you think normal cycling there's downhills where you actually don't cycle you are riding the bike but you are just sliding only using brakes <laughs> yeah yeah only using brakes and also that you are cycling and then the speed of the cycle is that it goes by itself so you actually stop so is this cycling or is it just riding a bike because yeah so it gets gets so much more more complicated but yeah go go on and actually uh, when we consider a lot of things and usually we don't live in laboratory we are uh, measuring uh, our usual living uh, in physical activity for various types of people and especially for children which they are they have quite different activity behavior than older than adults and older adults 
And uh, this, uh, when I read the literature and see that there are really quite most of the studies uh, used laboratory setting and they, uh, as I told, they, are, they were quite successful in uh, introducing accelerometry measuring laboratory settings, uh, physical activity. But when we come uh, outside and want to measure physical activity outside, uh, there, this is quite different. In this situation, we need to consider several things. For example, do we, uh, do we use uh, wrist-worn accelerometers, tie-worn accelerometers, hip-worn accelerometers, waist-worn accelerometers, which one? This is quite, uh, again, important because during uh, free living phys uh, physical activities, again, dependent on the type of accelerometer we are using. For example, recently one uh, very good review paper uh, about type of accelerometer. Several, uh, actually, there are several types of uh, review papers, but one interesting paper introduced it, uh, tie-worn accelerometers and uh, new emerging tools for measuring physical activity. And when we came back to previous studies and again uh, compare accelerometers, most of the review papers came to the same result that tie-worn accelerometers are better than hip or wrist or waist accelerometers when we measuring various types of activities. And Again, uh, when we consider, uh, um, in addition to the type of which place we want to attach the accelerometer, we need to consider other uh, things that uh, is, for example, using an accelerometer, how can it easy to use one accelerometer? There are quite a lot of accelerometers and some of them are quite well known. And, uh, in the literature, but when you want to use them, you face several problems again with, uh, I choose this accelerometer according to literature, but I see that measuring with it, it's a bit difficult. Why, uh, why these accelerometers, uh, using these accelerometers is a bit difficult for me. And for example, the data, is quite huge and the size of the data quite huge and working with the data and exporting data is quite difficult. So I suggest the researcher when they want to choose an accelerometer, they need to uh, read a bit more and uh, use other researchers experience of using accelerometers. It's quite easy when we, you only by, by sending an email to other researcher and ask them, asking them, uh, were you satisfied with that type of accelerometers? Accelerometer, was that okay? Was that uh, okay when you want to export raw data and work with it? And another thing about using accelerometer is, uh, and physical act in the field of physical activity and health is, how, how can we use a statistical methods using accelerometers in writing papers? This is again quite important because when we uh, come to use accelerometers and the raw data of accelerometers, here we need different statistical package or statistical softwares. For example, already I used 
SPSS for measuring physical activity and other studies I already use. But uh, all the time I when I want to I want to uh, extend my statistical method, I uh, faced some problems. For example, in one of the, my uh, papers, I needed to use a structural equation modeling, which is quite a very good method for measuring association between variables, direct and indirect association between variables. But I saw that there, uh, I need another package. I need another software. So, because I already had SPSS, so I went and buy new Amos package, Amos software, and added to added uh, it to my SPSS. And again, learning Amos almost took me uh, maybe two or three weeks. This is the problem with uh, softwares. Uh, program for, for example uh, SPSS or uh, some I remember that uh, maybe 10 years ago I needed blonde Altman to measure agreement between two metals so I needed again another package medical package I needed to get it by it so uh, and learn again how it works so it, it was very difficult for a researcher to every time uh, buy new package, buy new software. For this reason, uh, I started to learn R. R software is quite very good, I think. If I want to say that uh, since starting learning R, uh, it, it is getting uh, more easier every day for me to do statistical analysis using R because it has I think it has everything when we want to compare for example our package our software with other packages such as soft uh, SPSS or Amos or MedCalc or any other uh, softwares uh, it's uh, similar to comparing a small lake with C in C is quite deep and huge. R is quite similar to a sea compared to a lake. Yeah, yeah. And and if we go a little bit more on the practical level, could you tell what kind of things you are now analyzing from, I guess, from physical activity? Where does the data come? Where is the device worn? What device is it? And and what do you aim to analyze with the R now in, in the work you are you are doing? Yes, currently? at the moment uh, I am doing a statistical analysis for the for a project used accelerometer Fibion, which is uh, quite easy work with because it the data that it export for you is quite nice data i think it provides you it's a fibion is a tie worn accelerometer and which i think uh, we choose it because there were several advantages when we uh, came to find out which accelerometers we there were a lot of accelerometers in the literature but when uh, i for example, when we came to which accelerometer to export data, to measure, 
to be according to the most up-to-date literature, as I told Tyvor, and uh, considering pre-living activities and being validated and reliable, being uh, waterproof and uh, also exporting data would be easy and uh, the size of the file be low. We came to use Fibion. Maybe, I don't know, maybe some other researchers use other uh, accelerometers, but we came to use these accelerometers in our project. and. In this project, uh, we used Fibion as an accelerometer to see if it measures pre-living activities in children, how it is good in measuring physical different activity types in uh, pre-living. Because if you uh, uh, come to pre-living and uh, travel type, an active travel type, if I want to say, most researchers are afraid to do such studies because mass accelerometers uh, aren't are quite aren't quite well in measuring pre-living activities uh, because it is re really a problem of accelerometers. But in this study, we measured uh, how Fibion is okay when measuring pre-living, especially cycling in children. And it was quite interesting that uh, I, after, uh, because I am not analyzing the data using R, I see that uh, it's almost okay when compared to other accelerometers. Uh, and because most of the accelerometers, almost all the accelerometers till now, use only laboratory settings. But in this study, we used free living for several days especially children with which have sporadic activities they suddenly change their behaviors and activities and it's really really difficult to measure their physical activity for living physical activities and this is for the first time we uh, measure we use these methods to measure free living physical activity in children for several days and see if Fibion is able to capture cycling in children in several days and also walking and also using uh, other met other activities and using other uh, transportation methods and yeah maybe maybe to clarify the cycling is usually difficult for many devices especially if you have a wrist-worn device it can detect walking because we are moving our arms when we walk but when we cycling our arms are usually in the handlebars and they are not actually actually moving so then it's important yes. to have in the thigh worn or, yes. or something in completing yeah. your words yeah. there are some even laborative studies using uh, wrist worn they underestimate cycling even in laboratory, maybe 70%. And this is not quite good. And if we consider that if we use those uh, accelerometers in free living, it would be much worse. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, 
we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcast or whichever app you use. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.